Investors have lost a lot of money in 2022. Some investors are growing frustrated with these hedge funds, which are supposed to make money despite a down market. They're still posting sizable losses. Even mega funds, one major hedge fund, Tiger Global, which at one point managed over $100 billion, is seeing huge losses across their various different funds, ranging from 50% to 64%. Part of this is driven by the fact that there are a lot of unprofitable growth stocks that folks thought, hey, we'll put any sort of valuation we want on it, do a deal a day. But then as you face a tougher monetary environment, a lot of these businesses get revalued at much lower rates, much lower valuations. So then the question is, well, who's winning in this environment? You look at Ray Dalio's Bridgewater, and he is crushing it. Bridgewater is absolutely crushing it, posting gains of 32% in the first half of 2022. In this video, I'm going to explore how did he did he possibly do it? And what can potentially investors learn from this? How can they position themselves going forward? How can they potentially lock in some of these gains that Ray Dalio is looking at? And Bridgewater, what are they doing that's so special? What sort of the, the current approach, how they're thinking about it? And I think one of the core tenants has to do with studying what is the central bank doing because they are so influential with their decision making. Arguably, you know, if you could tell what the central bank will do in the future, then you could tell what the outcomes are be are going to occur. You know, oftentimes, you know, people say, hey, what's the future going to like? Well, it's like, hey, tell me what leadership is going to do and I'll tell you what the outcome will be. But a lot depends on the leadership, let's say, at the Federal Reserve and leadership at the government. What is government leadership going to do? What is central bank leader? What's Jerome Powell going to do? And based on that, saying, hey, based on the decisions that he has in front of him and what he's likely to do, this is going to affect these various different asset classes accordingly. And we'll talk about that in just a second. And so as a perfect example of why they follow the central bank so closely and how influential it is, just you know, a few weeks ago, Jerome Powell raised interest rates by three quarter of a percentage points, but he also talked about how effectively he would take more of a measured pace and how interest rates were now at a neutral rate, which a lot of folks just disagree with because inflation is much higher than the 2% that he's claiming is sort of neutral for the economy. And so clearly the economy is running hotter than that 2% that he's claiming. And so that neutral rate, but that sort of change in tone from like, hey, we're going to crush inflation does make some investors, not necessarily me, but does make some investors think, hey, this is a pivot. And I don't think that's actually happened, but it did give enough sort of hope that it caused major equity, major risk assets to rally significantly since his speech, where effectively he was just say, saying, yeah, we're still going to crush inflation, but we're going to take sort of this more measured pace about it. We won't necessarily be keep keep doing this three quarters of a percent rate hikes. Maybe it'll be 50 basis points or a half percent or a quarter percent. And maybe we'll just pause to sort of see where we are and then do more in the future just because we don't want to sink the economy. And that sort of measured tone did get this sort of, you know, animal spirits going where you could see QQQ or the measure of the NASDAQ ETF up 14% just in the last month. So July was a very strong month for risk assets because of this change in tone where you're thinking, oh, maybe, maybe risk premiums, you know, go down, maybe the discount rate goes down. So the question is, well, what's the Federal Reserve going to do from here. And so this is where I think it's super helpful to pay attention to what Bob Prince has to say. He's the co-chief investment officer of Bridgewater. So arguably that 32% return, he is one of the key strategists of 
why that happened. And he recently penned an article called an update from our chief investment officers transitioning to stagflation. So they've consistently called out how stagflation is here to stay. This is going to take some time to play out, but calling out in particular how the stimulation from COVID was applied for too long and the offsetting monetary tightening is now coming too late, resulting in what we have now, which is monetary inflation. He's talking about an inertia of mon monetary inflation, which means, hey, people start seeing prices go up, so therefore they ask for higher salaries, which then sort of feeds on itself. So now you have people demanding higher salaries and then they spend more and then you have the whole problem of monetary inflation continuing. It continues to spiral, hence the inertia of monetary inflation, bringing it under control to the point that inflation approaches what is now discounted in the market, which is around 2.5%, will require an aggressive tightening of monetary policy over a sustained period. This isn't just a couple of months, a couple of quarters. This potentially is years of raising rates is arguably what he's calling out, and a significant and sustained weakening of employment markets. Keep in mind, with unemployment still around 4% near record lows, we are nowhere near the scenario that he's talking about saying, hey, with a weaker with a weaker employment base, then the pressure on inflation really pulls back significantly, which we are not seeing at, at all right now. He talks about how the markets, however, are discounting a completely different scenario from what he's penciling out. He's saying, yeah, the markets are saying short-term interest rates to just above 3%, so maybe you get one more hike you know, that gets you to 3%. And, you know, maybe you have their balance sheet contract by around 400 billion. And that will be enough to bring inflation down to this two and a half percent with no dent in earnings. In other words, you know, businesses will not be impaired. The S&P will be able to rally from here because earnings will not be hurt at all based on this scenario. And he's saying this is not going to happen. This is what the market's pricing in. But this is a completely different scenario than what he thinks is realistic if you want to tackle inflation, which is arguably what he keeps saying. Hey, that's what the Fed needs to do. And that's what Jerome Powell has said he's going to do. But it's interesting that the market's pricing in a different situation. So the question is, what happens from here? How should you consider investing? First, if you're struggling with this investment environment, consider unrivaledinvesting.com for new ideas and a community of like-minded investors. Also, in full disclosure, this is not financial advice. Read the disclaimer on your own time. This chart from his most recent post, I think, is very worthwhile to study. So I'm going to spend a minute or two looking at it for you to sort of digesting it, pulling it apart for you to think about. So he talks about global asset performance during stagflation, and that's the period that we're currently in. And he talks about the excess return based on these various different asset categories. So this is what you want to focus on is which are what what's going to drive the best excess return and during what periods. So he splits up periods of stagflation saying it happens around 20% of the time and he splits it up really in half. There are periods where the risk premium or RP risk premium and the discount rate is going up. Think the Federal Reserve raising rates risk premium is folks saying, "Hey, you want a lower valuation for stocks." So that happens about half the time that you have stagflation. The other half of the time is when the risk premium, the discount rate is going lower. Let's say when the Federal Reserve is lowering rates, saying, hey, you know what? The economy is now under so much pressure, even if inflation is still elevated, maybe we reverse course. And so saying, hey, there's two really very different situations. And you can see how one is really red, significant, you know, suggesting huge losses, and one is very green, suggesting periods of green. So saying do, during periods 
where you have a higher discount rate. And this is arguably the period we're still in because the Federal Reserve is still raising rates pretty much across the board. You see losses. And this is this is the period that we've experienced most of 2022. Arguably, July was a period here where the discount rate was presumed to be going lower. And you saw the 10 year sort of go down a bit. You saw risk premiums go you know, down a bit. People saying, hey, I'm willing to pay more. And so not surprising to see things like equities outperform. You know, here's here he's saying the excess return on annualized basis for gold, broad commodities and equities will do quite well during these periods. But during periods where you still have rising rates to combat inflation, broadly, it's a bloodbath. And the worst assets to own include equities, includes a 60-40 portfolio, which is long bonds and owning equities, about a 60, you know, 60 percent equities, 40 percent bonds. And this keep in mind, this is a study that Bridgewater has done measuring the data from 1960 through April 2022. So I think this data is very relevant for investors to think about over this time frame. And he's talking about how, yes, bonds, you know, aren't going to do well. A lot of things actually don't do that well during this period. So this data, which makes me think, okay, if you want to bank on the Federal Reserve continuing to have to raise rates, let's say not only in their next meeting in September, but they're going to have to keep raising rates beyond September, beyond that 3% that the market's pricing in. If you're going to need to see that, then you're going to be in this period with rising discount rates, rising risk premiums, and that means lower valuations. And so if you're in that environment, largely a bloodbath and looking at this chart, it shows you that arguably inflation linked bonds are the least harmed asset of these different you know assets to consider. Maybe you own some commodities, um, you know, broad commodities. And that's arguably relative to more riskier things like real estate or equities that comes under significant pressure, real estate and equities. And arguably cash in this environment loses some purchasing power. But, you know, it's like, hey, choosing the, the, the lesser of two evils. Now, you might be asking, well, how did Bridgewater outperform in such a period? Like when you're looking at where most assets declined in value. And I suspect looking at this, looking at this, because this is what the, the template that they're using and they're effectively showing it to us. I think what they're doing is they're using a very levered approach, which is sort of saying, hey, we're going to go long these inflation linked bonds, even if they lose, let's say 5% this year. But we're also going to short in a big way equities, which I've done prior videos on calling out you know, how they've made these mega short bets on European equities and presumably U.S. equities. They're also going to short, let's say, corporate bonds and nominal bonds. So they're going to short these other things that are tied to the economy while owning inflation linked bonds. And so make a levered bet on that. And that's arguably how they delivered this 30 percent plus return, because you're making this levered bet against risk assets insofar that discount rates are rising. And as long as inflation remains elevated, even if inflation goes from, let's say, 9% to 6% or, you know, 5%, the Federal Reserve might pause, which could cause, you know, assets to move higher. But as long as it sort of stays at an elevated, you know, level of 4 or 5%, it proceeds as a big risk for risk assets like stocks. Because folks are going to say, oh, even if the Fed pauses for a month or two, they're probably going to have to keep on raising to sort of apply that pressure on the economy that ultimately gets inflation to that necessary goal that Jerome Powell has said they will do of around 2%. So that's that's the reason he keeps saying that sustained 
level of interest rate hikes. And so I'm looking at this and thinking, okay, we are nowhere near this situation of risk premiums and discount rate falling because the Federal Reserve isn't yet in a position of saying, hey, we're going to lower the discount rate. I think this is the period when you see the economy really starting to come under significant pressure and they are expecting it to come under pressure, but inflation is still too high. So until the Federal Reserve fully comes out and says, hey, you know, we're going to pause for now and maybe, you know, start reversing course, this arguably and the many risk assets that it suggests, such as gold, which arguably does the best in this period, is sort of off the table until, you know, you effectively have the discount rate situation addressed, which is right now discount rates are rising. The interest rates are rising. As long as the Federal Reserve is raising rates, it's going to apply pressure and it's more likely to be in this scenario. But if you have a situation where the economy gets so bad in the coming quarters, then you could start getting this other situation, which is that let's say in unemployment jumps from around 4% to 6 7%. If you have that situation, yet inflation is still let's say 3 4%. So inflation comes down to 3 4%. In that situation, you might have Jerome Powell. And this is why it always comes down to what's leadership going to do. You might have Jerome Powell at that point say, you know what, we're going to reverse course. You know, we might, we might lower rates a little bit. And in that situation, with inflation still ev elevated and the discount rate coming lower, that's when some of these commodities and gold in particular has done historically extremely well. Now, stocks also do, you know, well in this period. Corporate bonds, you know, less so. Inflation-linked bonds, you know, less so than, let's say, broader risk assets. But this is extremely interesting to look at and think about in terms of what, you know, when are you going to generate an excess return and what can you expect? Really saying when the Fed reverses course and says, you know what, now is the time. The economy is now so weak, we need to stop tightening that's when gold and commodities do extremely well and equities arguably come in at sort of a third distant third place to think about. And that's sort of the environment that we're in right now. I think this is an extremely helpful playbook that Bob Prince from Bridgewater sort of laid out to the general public saying, look, this is the environment we're in, folks. This is it's going to be tougher for longer because in order to break the back of inflation, it's going to require sustained hikes. And so far, the market's sort of saying, oh, okay, maybe one more for September, and then we're going to be cool. Or maybe one or two more, and then it's going to be fine. And here he is. He talks about how the market really isn't pricing in if there's another series of rate hikes to, let's say, bring inflation down from 5 6% to 2%. And if that happens, that could be a huge disaster for wealth, massive just losses for all these risk assets that folks you know are currently saying oh maybe maybe this is what i want to own when the reality is we go back to this rising you know rising risk premium rising discount rate environment in which case equities get clobbered a diversified portfolio of bonds and equities get clobbered real estate gets clobbered you look at all this and it's just bloodbath in which case cash arguably holds up shorting probably is the safest, you know, shorting might be one of the safer things to do in this type of environment. I'm not I'm not recommending shorting for folks because it's extremely tricky and painful. Um, you know, I, Charlie Munger once talked about how shorting is like trading money for agony. So experts only, you know, don't don't do this at home type of thing. Um, so if you enjoyed this video talking about Ray Dalio, Bridgewater's approach, what their latest commentary, please make a point of hitting that thumbs up, hit that like button. And thank you so much for watching Unrivaled Investing.